there. Hi. <laughs> I know that, that wasn't my patented hi, but I'll let it go. Uh, thank you. I need a name for you for that. Bush rats. Bush Okay, I'll go with that. Borat, That's not trademark. Bush rats. Yeah. Uh, hey guys, welcome to uh, our hundredth episode mm-hmm. of Reds Hockey. Uh, this is a big milestone for <sighs> Bush and I and everyone else, for you guys, the listeners. So yeah, uh, we're excited that this is uh, episode one hundred. It uh, took us a while. I mean, we took breaks yeah. here and there throughout the last two years, but it's uh, th- they were good breaks. We needed those much needed breaks. But yeah, yeah, uh, hundred hundred episodes. Who would have thought, Bush, that you and I would be uh, having hundred episodes underneath our belt now? I know. Clearly, you know what? Okay, I gotta say something. I've told people this before, yeah, and I've told you this before. I honestly thought it was just gonna be like a summer gig, like that yeah. summer when everything was shut down. I thought, you know what? Yeah. We'll do a little maybe four or five episodes and uh, get some laughs, get some giggles, you know, get some stuff out there. Then it just, it just gained traction. It just no. I really, I, I really thought. I, I told Sue. I said this is gonna probably be a thing this summer, and she, she knew that it was gonna be bigger than the what i thought and i gotta give her credit to that and i gotta give you credit too so yeah but yeah i mean yeah when i started this podcast it was i think i wanted to start it in january but we didn't mm-hmm. start it till in the summer yeah and the reason like everyone, a lot of people know is like i got sick with blasto that yeah that year so i just i was at home needed something to do and i think during that time off i just then I just started messaging a lot of hockey players like, "Hey, do you want to? I'm starting a new thing. Do you want to? Are you interested in being on the show?" And mm-hmm. it things just uh, worked out really cool. And uh, I mean, yeah, hundred episodes like it's really, it's really cool. And I'm really looking forward to the next hundred episodes. So, uh, our guest for this week for episode one hundred. He's a former NHL player with the San Jose Sharks and Ottawa Senators. He's a former Maurice Richard. Is it? What is that? Maurice word? Richard. It's the, a... Rock, the Rocket Richard Trophy winner. Yeah. Um, your, your cousin he, won that. He played in the KHL. He played um, in the AHL for a number of years. Um, yeah, I'm excited for for this interview, uh, our guest for this week is Mr. Jonathan Chichu from Moose Cree First Nation. Um, John is the, probably the second best hockey player to come from there. Uh, I'm probably first. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. man. Uh, unfortunately, Bush wasn't able to attend this interview. No. Um, Bush had to work. Damn it. Because this interview was during the day. Uh, it was really, it it happened quick. Uh, I think it was like yeah. eleven eleven o'clock our central time, so it was nine o'clock Pacific time. So yeah, John was up pretty early with this interview, <laughs> but so it was it was really neat. We had a lot of good laughs and talked about growing up back home in Mustafa and just how things were. Um, it was really, really uh, I'm honored that he was able to join us and. 
especially for this uh, 100th episode. So, yeah. yeah uh, we'll be uh, going to our interview later on in the show. But, yeah, it was uh, really fun to sit around and talk talk to John again. Uh, shout-outs. Do you have any shout-outs I didn't even get because of the week? <laughs> okay, I got a cut of the week, but we'll do right. it when, we're, when we do our shout-outs. Okay. Do you have any shout-outs for this week? Shout-outs. You know what? When when we were eating supper, I had about maybe three or four of them. But then we, we soon got talking, and we were talking about trips and everything. I just I kind of just mind drew a blank right now. What did you have for supper? <laughs> pierogies. She made uh, she made her famous pierogies. Yeah? I think yeah. Oh, they're really good. Yeah. Well, as with any chef, she's way too hard on herself. But man, really? yeah. Oh, yeah. She when she makes it, she has the recipe down pat. She makes the potatoes every night before, and yeah, it's just. Oh, I was gonna give you some. I was gonna walk up the hill, but you don't. You're not here though. That's a really <laughs> uh, a dying art now, and like, yeah, like, I know. Only pierogies, right? Like, yeah. Oh man, she makes them every year. Last year she made it uh, when I was in Phoenix. So, cause uh, I wasn't there to bother her, and she just <laughs> well, I do, cause I, cause I yap at her, I distract her, and I'm like, oh, are they done yet? Or you know, <laughs> how many dozens does she make at a time? Uh, a dozen. A dozen. dozen. She makes twelve. She makes she makes twelve dozen. So one hundred forty-four. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, I could it's probably eat like I could probably eat like a good twenty. Easy. Probably, uh, I probably have to go old school and drink some ginger ale and burp a lot so you make more room, <laughs> and then you can then I can polish off the that extra bit. So when you make pierogies, do you boil them then fry them up in the frying pan? Uh she pre-boils them and then she yeah. freezes them. So I just I just plop them in the frying pan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, onions and bacon. Onions, bacon, and potato. And some cheese, I think. Cheese, yeah, she makes cheese, yeah. Well, she greases all the cheese and mixes it in. and Yeah. Oh, it's just wonderful. Do you have sour cream with them? No, we have. Actually, we means we got a big kick now. We have, we substitute sour cream. We substitute Greek yogurt sour cream. Give it a whirl, man. Don't knock it till you tried it. I've we, never had Greek I'm, yogurt. I'm serious. Oh. I'll try olives if you try Greek yogurt. How's that with your sour with your uh, pierogies? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would do that. Just try. Okay. It. It just <laughs> sounds gross. No, man. It's it's same thing. It tastes way better. It's better for you, and you, you really can't taste much of any difference at all. I don't it's think my good. life is going to change because I switched to Greek <laughs> yogurt for a sour cream. Well, we will. Uh, Freddy's coming up in uh, six short months, so we got to think about that. <laughs> Okay, I got shout-outs. I, I sat down and thought, like, who can we give uh, shout-outs to? Yeah. And I just want to sh- give shout-outs. I'm sorry if we missed people, but these I just thought of these these guys right away and because they were we became friends with these people. And, and I'm not saying we're not friends with you guys, who people that I miss, but these, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I got uh, the Dice Man, Trav Dice Art from... Saskatoon, Saskatoon. Travis <laughs> uh, became a really good friends with us, and yeah, every time we have the opportunity to hang out, we always hang out and have a good time. So, I got Trev, 
another guy is uh, Ty Lavalley, Ty and Jessica. Um, they're actually touring, uh, not touring, but they're like traveling all through the U.S. with their kids, like in an RV. So oh, they're like that'd be so cool. So I think last week they were in Arizona. And oh, nice. So it's pretty neat to travel in the RV with your with your kids, right? You, you, I don't know. I don't know if he's gone crazy yet. I'd probably go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ty and uh, his wife, Jessica, they've been, uh, we've been able to meet up with them a couple of times. So really nice couple, nice family. Uh, Belle from yes. New Lake. Uh, we met, we were able to meet her a couple of times and at the Freddy, very nice. Uh, she's the manager for Canoe Lake Young Gun. She very works tirelessly, man. No kidding, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, Bells, uh, we met her, like I said, super nice. Um, uh, name Cardinal, names from BCs. He yeah. does uh, indigenous rookie cards on social media. He, he's a big uh, hockey uh, card collector and so give a shout out to him as well. Uh, my buddy Donnie, Donnie in Alberta. He's a listener of the show and we just, uh, I gave him my number and we just text and we always, he's uh, always sends me some funny texts and good guy, <laughs> good all good all around guy. So uh, another guy is a uh, buddy. Uh, Freeman White, he's been on the show a couple of times when you were working your 12-hour mm. shift. He uh, came on as a guest host. So it's, that's Buddy and my brother, Sean. He's, he comes on the show when you're not around. Uh, he always tries to give me ideas, and I always try to shoot him down. Right? Just, <laughs> I, say, I say okay, but I never listen or use them. Another <laughs> one is our first cousin of the week we ever had on the show. I think we started doing Cuts of the Week on episode four. Uh, mm. Larry Counselor Jr. from International Falls, Minnesota. Absolutely. Yes, he's a big fan. He's, he's, he likes to listen to us and see his comments every now and then. So he's been a, a fan and a friend of the show since day one. Uh, another guy, um, he's from back home. He's actually related to Jonathan. Uh, Ryan Tyre, he's, I think he lives in Sudbury now. So mm. he always uh, messages me on Facebook about, about the show. So he's, Thanks, Ryan, for your all for all your support. And thanks, thanks everyone. Um, if I yeah. if I missed your name, I'm sorry. Um, for those, so all these people that I mentioned, they're because uh, of the week for episode hundred. So because a lot of because these guys are big supporters of the show from day yeah. one. So we just want to say thank you and sorry if I missed you. <laughs> it's Bush's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, recap of our shows for episode Ooh. 100. I mean, it it was uh, I actually wrote down all the our guests that we had. Where are they? Should be about 96 of them because there's a couple episodes we did alone and then yeah, there's a, they bailed. Yeah, there's a couple shows that Bush and I had to do uh, with no with no guests because there was a couple times a, our guests just bailed on us so it was it was very like the day of we when we record the show they just, like message 
I swear he can't make it, and <laughs> it's really frustrating, and I feel bad, and it really, I don't know, it messes with my mind to, in a in a way where it's like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? I'm, sh- and I'm messaging other guys, can you be on a show? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry if it's last minute, but someone bailed, and it really, it's really hard sometimes on me, and it just totally, but. Uh, it's not saying that I don't like Bush's being like having Bush on the show <laughs> and having his company, but <laughs> okay, let's go. Well, All we're right. gonna name everyone that's been on the show. Do you want me to send oh. you the list? So we yeah, because then uh, because then I can uh, change it up and uh, give you a little break. <laughs> yeah, because I know I'm gonna be out of breath when. I name <laughs> well, all these. well, we have a hard time uh, doing the. 40 uh, teams for the Sasakamu's tournament. Yeah, so for <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, okay, well... Uh, Holy crap. I texted you, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, and the cool thing is, like, we only had two guests that were on the show twice, so... Yeah. When when you get to Keyshawn, I'll take over. It looks like... Where is he? He's way down there. It looks like he's halfway. Holy shit! Okay, okay, when we, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Taking a deep breath. <sighs> okay. All right. Okay. Do you want to say the province we... where they're from, or do you would? Yeah, we'll, to... we'll say okay. a province because I try to like even it out. Just like this, well, like each week, well, it's like okay, this guy was from Manitoba. Next week, we'll ask yeah. someone from Saskatchewan or Alberta. Okay. All right. Oh, full disclosure. We apologize for the mispronunciation of your name. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. We we'll try to and we're very thankful for these for yeah. these guys and women for coming on the show to tell their stories of how they got to that high level of hockey where they where they played and all that stuff. So we're very mm-hmm. thankful for these guys and these women. So okay, let's name the list. Uh all right. First on the list, I know he. I think it was episode four though. Uh, Wacy Rabbit from. Yep. He lives in. He's from Alberta, but he lives in Saskatchewan. He was on the show twice. So yeah. Wacy, uh, Buffalo, Devin Buffalo from Alberta, Colton Yellowhorn from Alberta, Nathan Breer. Nate was our first episode, our yep. first guest of uh, Res Hockey. He's from Ontario. Taylor Tom. From Ontario, funny Taylor thing about, Hall. Yeah, funny. I was calling her Taylor Hall, and it's like, you know, I, like we knew her before the show. Yeah, so funny that. Congrats <laughs> to her dad, Gary Tom, for uh, yeah, elected the chief of Fish Bay. So, yep. Congrats, Gary. Uh, Sydney Daniels. She's from. Uh, she's a registered band member with Mister Wasis in Saskatchewan, but she lives in Massachusetts. Uh, I always no, call Mike. Huh? Does no, she, she doesn't. She's the scout, remember? But she lives in Massachusetts. She live? I thought she lived in Winnipeg because because she's scouting. No, she does the U.S. college. Coach, oh, okay. Coach for the college, like all in that area, the Boston right. area, the Boston. <laughs> uh, our buddy Mike Oski. Did I get his name right? No, it's o- Mike Oxy. 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 And he's I've been. Mike's been a big uh, help yep. uh, from day one as well. He's from uh, Lac Steel First Nation, Ontario, but he lived in Montreal. 
Uh, this is one of my favorite guys, Harry York from uh, Alberta. He was on the show twice. Uh, Mike, so uh, Harry's a really good guy. Uh, and uh, next is Roland Delorme from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Roland was the um, first non-hockey player that we had on the show. Uh, Roly's the former UFC fighter. Yeah. So it was fun to have Roly on the show. Next is Chad Denny from Nova Scotia. Connor Roulette from Manitoba, Darren Reed from Alberta, Jack Marasti from Manitoba, Kyle Shagnall from Ontario, Alfie Michaud from Manitoba but lives in Maine, Rich Pilon from Saskatchewan, Arlen Kingfisher from Alberta, <laughs> Jeff Shatler, he lives in uh, Saskatchewan but is from Ontario, Brandon Stanley from Ontario, Owen Hedrick from Ontario, Kelly Babstock from Ontario, but lives in the U.S. Judd Blackwater from Alberta. He's currently playing in Romania. Harry, Harry. <laughs> I missed a bunch of names. John, John Marasti from Saskatchewan. John is uh, a regular on Shorzy TV yeah. show, which was really cool. Uh, what's, Jason, what's his character names? Jim. He's a, yeah, he's one of the he's one yeah. of the gyms. He's one of the gyms. Uh, Bunch of beauties. Yeah, Jason <laughs> Smith from Manitoba, Harley Garriott from Manitoba, Jamie Leach from Manitoba, Carlin Nordstrom from Saskatchewan, Vern Cooper from Quebec, Tyson Watsony from Saskatchewan, Dwayne Jean Jr. from Alberta. Holy man, Eric Roy from Saskatchewan. Gary Roach from Ontario, Jared Bethune from Ontario, Dan Frawley from Ontario, Ashley Cullenbull from Alberta, but she lives in Saskatoon, or she lives in Saskatchewan. Craig McCollum from from Saskatchewan, Jason Bone from Manitoba, Victoria Bach from Ontario, Trey Lewis from New Brunswick, Trent Campbell from Saskatchewan, Vern Ray from Ontario. Holy man, I'm out of breath. I think I'm tired <laughs> with Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm up to Keyshawn now. You what about no you, you Roddy, Dalen, Troy, Chris, who, Caden? You skipped Did them. I miss them? <laughs> yeah. Where? Okay, I don't know. That's me. I yeah. know my, my thumb scrolled. Okay. Keyshawn Gervais from Saskatchewan. Kimmy Daniels from Manitoba and uh, lives in Alaska, USA. Jocelyn LaRock from Manitoba. Jesse Dudas from Alberta. Roddy Ross from Saskatchewan. Oh boy, did I ever did I ever feel dumb when I when I almost said that out loud? Freddie? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Is that Roddy Ross? <laughs> and the guy just happened to have a last name on his on his jersey, this girl, his girlfriend just looks at me like, "What?" <laughs> okay, Dalen Smallchild from Saskatchewan, Troy Williams, Ontario, Chris Hool from Alberta, lives in Ontario, Caden Butterfly from Ontario, Drew Rose from Saskatchewan, Bryce Gervais from Saskatchewan, and Damon Gardner from Ontario, Skyler Tate Rayom from Manitoba, Charlie Wash from Quebec. Andrew Ansonen from Manitoba. He's, Way up he's also Manitoba. he's also from uh Shorzy. Shorzy. Yeah. He is way up north in Manitoba. I want to go hunting with those guys with Andrew, his family. That'd be fun. 
Andrew Trishel Bunn from Manitoba, Leon Denny from Nova Scotia, Jeremy Thompson from Alberta, Kerry Terrence from New York. I want to mention him later on in the show. Don't, um, don't let me forget. Uh, Justice Smoke from Manitoba, Jody Biederman from Ontario. My hands getting sore from <laughs> scrolling up. <laughs> Dan Hodgson from Alberta, Mark Sinclair from Ontario. You have him here twice. Yeah, I know. I have Wasey down twice. I don't know why. Okay, because he's well, he because he was on the show yeah. twice. Brad Belisle from Ontario, Renee Hunter Jr. from Manitoba, Silas Neposh from Quebec, Willie Sellers from BC, just oh jeez, Justin Wescovich from Saskatchewan, Mickey Ipana from Northwest Territories, Reagan Yu from Saskatchewan. Tyler Miller from Ontario, Creighton Sanapas, New Brunswick, Maya Hedrick, Ontario, Neil Sasakmuth from Saskatchewan, Justin Akbar from Manitoba, Ryland Parento from Saskatchewan, Dalen Wakeley from Ontario, Joe Higgins, BC, Zach Whitecloud, Manitoba, Taze Thompson from Alberta, Brad Lieb from BC, Brent Dodginghorse from Alberta, Teddy Belisle from Ontario, Theo Fleury, Alberta, Tony A a Pentagon? <laughs> yeah. A Pentagon? Manitoba. And Tobias Ojik from Quebec. And add to the list number 100 for episode 100, Jonathan Chichu. Like, wow. Like, Tob we had such. Tob this is like a. Or Tobias. 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 Damn it. <laughs> You're doing so good. Yeah, I know. I mean, this is the list of list for hockey players. Like, yeah. You could probably make like every player we could make freaking four or five teams and just yep. they're all stacked. So like yeah. So yeah, thanks guys for uh being a part of our show. I mean like these these are freaking thousand dollar <laughs> in a room hockey players yep. interviewing they all uh they are so do you, they what? So you want to do paper, rock, scissors, just type them all out and type Tag them or no? <laughs> For that. It's a big paragraph. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Charlie Wash. I just want to mention that unfortunately Charlie passed yeah. away a couple uh, a month ago. So it was uh, a big loss in the hockey community um, yeah. in Quebec and all over. So um, yeah, uh, that one's a tough one when you mentioned Charlie. Great guy, and so we're still we still think about you, Charlie, and think about your family. So, yeah, like that. This is a good list, man. So I just can't wait for, uh, the next hundred to yeah. be on the show. So that's uh, the list of lists, I guess you could say, eh? Yep. Uh, favorite moments. What Ooh. was your what the uh, what what's your favorite moment of the show? Oh, the show. It's hard to pick. It's hard to pick one. Because you meet one guest and then you meet them in real life and then you're like, wow, this is like, this is it. Yeah. But, but when we interviewed, I think one of the top five for me and there's there's no order, but I think one for me is uh, interviewing a little bittersweet for me, but Zach Whitecloud. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty neat to uh, interview him like a yeah. couple days after winning the sound. Yeah, Cup. like he was and 
he was still well. I would be on cloud nine still. Oh, I know. So that was that was pretty cool. And but do you remember what he was doing? Why he was late though? Why he was at the he he had the, he brought the cup to the to uh six children's oh, yeah, hospital. Yeah, yeah. Children's hospital. Yeah. So yeah, that was really cool when he said that. Uh, I think one of the like my favorite moments is when you, me, my son Nick, and we went to Wasey's house for supper. Oh yeah. I mean, just to be able to be invited for supper at uh, a former guest house and just yeah be friends with them away from the i away from the rink and from recording is just it was really cool and. I'm still really impressed that you cooked a mean steak, man. <laughs> hey, man, I got some skill. <laughs> so, it's... and now Wacy calls us the Bologna Brothers. The Bologna. <laughs> 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 I texted him the other day, and, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> he just mentioned you and I, and because when we went over there, <laughs> we brought the." We have a picture on social media about it. Like we brought like a big blob of bologna because we were gonna give it to him and Ashley because when we had Ashley on the show, she said she likes bologna sandwiches still. So that was our uh, our uh, our welcome gift for them, the big blob of bologna. So it was yeah. a, it was a, it was about the size of a Yeti cooler. Like that's all thick. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was. I mean, yeah, that was probably one of my favorite moments. Yeah, just being able to meet a lot of these former guests and get to know, get to know them away from the ice and hang out yeah. with them and be, and become friends. So it's uh, same goes with the listeners, uh, with the people that we meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met so many people, and it's really cool when you're just walking around in an arena and someone comes up yeah. to you and introduces them themselves and tells us that they listen to the show and. I mean, same for you, like when you were in Nova Scotia at the Indigenous Games, you were in a casino and one of the listeners uh, approached you and introduced yeah. himself, so it's, it's cool. That the arena, the Lucas Sisiquisis, uh, he introduced us, introduced himself to us, that was pretty neat. So yeah, that's just much like that. That's, yeah, that's one of my favorite moments, just being able to meet people and uh, interact with them, so uh, least favorite moment. Do you have a least favorite moment? I don't want to be negative, Nelly, but I'm sure there's negative, couple... Nelly. <laughs> I think the only thing for me uh, that my least favorite moment is when people I keep messaging them. Yeah, they stand us out. Yeah. There was a couple mo. I won't name names, but there was a couple times where we're online and we're waiting for them to to do an interview, and they never show up, and they never yeah. explain why they what happened and we don't want to be bad mouth anyone but it's I'm like show your common courtesy yeah right like I know we're not big dogs like bitten chicklets where those guys are like top of the food chain so like I'm sure they wouldn't treat those guys mm-hmm. the way they treated us but I think that's of all the things that 100 episodes, I think that's the only thing that really grinds my gears. Yeah. Not, uh, a few guys not showing up. So, How about you? That's, that was it. Just, that was it? Yeah. Well, I understand if there's t- tornado warnings. But 
<laughs> yeah. But, but just with yeah, that, that one guest that just didn't bother to call or said, Oh, I'll be on next time, or I'll be there, and then just didn't bother telling it, you. It just, takes two seconds the message, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So okay, with that being said, let's uh let's head it over to our interview with uh Johnny, John Chichu. Right. Let's go. Hey guys, Red Hockey Res Hockey would like to introduce you our guest for number 100. Uh, he's originally from Moose Creek First Nation and Moose Factory. He's currently living in beautiful California. Res Hockey would like to introduce you our guest for this week, Mr. Jonathan Chichu. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, thanks, Trev. Nice uh nice to be here with you guys. Uh you know, glad to join you for this episode. First question: how did you get started in hockey? Uh, for me growing up, uh, Moose Factory, it was, um, you know, something my, my uncles, I had, my dad had, uh, eight or there was eight of them that were boys, I guess that, that all played hockey and, uh, you know, growing up with them, um, it was just inevitable that I'd get into it. Uh, you know, I, th- I think I maybe frustrated them a little bit cause I shot right. I think I was the only one that shot right. My, me and my uncle Ronald. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, uh. You know, something I got into, I had a hockey stick in my hand since I was basically a little kid. Uh, my grandmother, my mom's mom, Maude, um, she actually bought me my first pair of skates when I was uh, six years or six months old, I guess. I had uh, pneumonia and I was in the hospital and uh, she thought that would cheer me up. So I, ever since I was probably about one years old, I had those skates on and, you know, never, never really took them off. Uh, a couple of years ago, I went back home. And I, my family came up and uh, we were driving with my kids and we drove by your old place and growing up that your backyard used to, I thought it was big, but when we drove up and I was like, yeah, this is where like we learned how to play hockey. And it was so small. Like <laughs> it's funny how things are are like that. Like uh, I showed them Monroe, the late Monroe league players place too. And how they yeah. used to have a uh rink in the yard and that used to be so big when we were small but now it's just it was a tiny yard it's funny how things uh add up like that when you're older right oh for sure i, I did a hockey night in canada interview and we drove by and i was like that is really small where we used to play you know <laughs> and you're right about monroe's we used to, i used to think that was like an nhl size rink it was so big yeah so uh who were some of the people that you that you looked up to when you were uh growing up when you were younger uh when i was a kid like everybody else i think you you find your team right um i know like when i was really young i i idolized the guy yari curry um as i got older i kind of i was a Canucks fan, so I realized I couldn't really cheer for him very much anymore. And uh, you know, Pavel Bure became my guy there. But uh, you know, native wise, I think I looked up to guys like Ted Nolan, guys who had kind of carved a path before. I'm actually named after Stan Jonathan. He came up to Moose Factory one time, and that's how my parents got my name. Uh, but uh, you know, I think that's uh, guys like that that came before me that kind of blazed the path, kind of. Uh, you know. We're, we're very uh, humble individuals as well and great people to know and, uh, you know, kind of pick their brains a little bit. Ted Nolan came up and did uh, a couple hockey schools up in Moose Factory. And I was able to kind of, uh, you know, just get some advice on what I needed to do, you know, and 
you know, one of those things was he said was, you know, you can't stay here forever. If you want to play, like you got to leave. This is no, you're going to get no scouts coming up here. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, for me, like getting to, getting to see those guys where they made it, uh, how, uh, successful he was as a coach. Um, I think it just, uh, you know, helped me along my way. You mentioned moving away. You moved away from Moose Factory when you were 14 to be, to uh, play hockey. How was it moving away from your community and from your family? Uh, moving away, uh, you know, it was, it was something like I kind of had to barter with my parents for. My mom didn't want to let me leave uh, <laughs> at that young age because they they both had to leave to go to high school at that age. And, you know, they didn't want to kind of put me in that same uh, same boat, I guess. But you know, for me, I was, I was so focused and, uh, you know, I had to ex- explain myself and my goals and mm-hmm. what I wanted to achieve by doing this, you know, and, uh, you know, leaving home for me, that was a choice that I made. Um, you know, my parents obviously supported me, uh, but you know, it was tough. Uh, it's tough leaving home. Uh, you know, everything I knew was there, uh, hunting, fishing. I couldn't do that anymore. I was out. I mean, I could go back once in a while if I didn't have hockey, but, you know, for me, hockey had to come first, uh, you know, and I made that decision when I was 14 to, to do that. And, you know, first probably month was the toughest. Like I, I know I cry myself to sleep some nights, you know, like I missed it a lot. Like uh, go, just going out in the boat with my grandfather and just driving out to, to White Top just to see, uh, go have some tea out there or something, you know, even. And, uh, you know, I think you grow up in a tight knit community like that. Everybody knows everybody, everybody's, uh, you know, kind of looking out for one another. And then you go to a place that's a lot bigger, like Timmins was 50,000 people going from (laughs) 2000 people, you know, like it's, it's a big change. I remember first day I was late about an hour late for school because I didn't know the bus system. So it's, (laughs) it's, uh, it takes, it takes a little bit of getting used to, but, uh, you know, like if you if you're if you're focused on something and you truly want something, you'll figure it out. And it's going to it's not going to be easy. It never is. Uh, but, you know, it, it does get easier as you as you move along. Uh, you spent a year. Well, I think what you went to Timmins, Cap, Kitchener before yeah. you got drafted by Belleville. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time uh, moving around. So, like, uh, you know, making friends for me came uh, pretty easy after a while because <laughs> you know I, I was kind of forced to but uh you know being in a hockey community it's actually pretty good too because most of the people that you're playing with are like-minded and uh it's easy to make you kind of got a team full of friends right away even if you don't hang out outside you're still you still got some people you can kind of joke around with and hang out with and then uh and then you find a way to meet people as you uh kind of like for me it was I moved to Timmins I had a group of friends that I left them and went to cap and then got a new couple of group of friends. Actually, one of my buddies from back home joined me, Mike Katabatic. He came out and and played with us that year. And then, uh, and then I moved down to Kitchener and, you know, that was a whole new thing. I lived, that was probably a hundred, 150,000 people in Kitchener, Waterloo. So, uh, you know, moving to a big city like that, again, taking the bus, I had to take the bus all the way across town to get to school. So it's like, uh, you know, those, but those are things that uh, you kind of, you you, you kind of go with as you get older you get used to and uh you know it was uh definitely a crazy ride I went to four different high schools in four different years so it was uh <laughs> it was it was it was definitely uh pretty crazy but you know I was able to do my work too at the same time as play hockey um you know my mom was very big stickler on 
if you're not doing your schoolwork, you're coming home. So, um, you know, for me, I, I made sure I got there. I graduated, uh, on time with extra credits and, you know, it was, it was actually, uh, you know, for school and hockey, it's not that hard to do when you are combining them together. After Kitchener, uh, you got drafted into the O by, uh, Belleville Bulls. How was your experience playing in Belleville? Uh, Belleville for me was uh, really, I think it was a good landing spot for me, to be honest with you. There were a few teams that were interested, different ones, but I think this ended up being like the, the best possible place I could have fallen into. They were missing all the right wingers that graduated to uh, to move on either to pro or to, uh, or to college. So um, coming in, I had a chance to earn the first right wing spot. So, you know, uh, I put in a lot of work. I went and worked on my skating uh, with a lady in Toronto. Uh, spent uh, Moose Factory actually did a great job for me. They uh, they fundraised a, a bunch of money, and I was able to spend uh, you know the the better part of the summer there training with that lady. And uh, you know she got my skating up to where it needed to be. Uh, I was never one of the fastest guys in the world, but you know I could uh, get where I needed to go and beat people off the mark after I uh, trained with her. So uh, you know, falling into that spot was really cool. And then, uh, you know, they had a great team there at the time. Yeah. I know they were missing the right wingers, but they had like a solid set up the middle and then uh, their left wing captain Ryan Reddy was probably one of the best leaders I've ever played for. Um, and, you know, getting to play on a team like that, uh, you know, help my success for sure. Um, just learning off of those guys too. And cause a lot of them had been in the league for three years, almost by that point when I joined them. So, uh, you know, we were able to be pretty successful and I was able to be pretty successful with, uh, two good line mates. Game seven of the OHL championship. I think what, what year was that? That was 90, 99. When yep. you guys made it to the championship league championship uh, against the London Knights, you sniped five for the Bulls to win the league championship. What do you remember about Game Seven? Well, I just remember there was a lot of uh, ups and ups and downs. I guess so. Like we were up three uh, one in the series, <laughs> and then we went in for. Uh, I think we lost Game Five at home maybe and then we went uh to their rink and i got kicked out of the game i uh for boarding it was a clean hit i think but uh, <laughs> anyways i still i still think about that one but uh you know um it is what it is um i got kicked out of the game we end up losing that game and then i came back we came back home kind of I kind of knew I had to do something to make up for it and i wasn't expecting five goals now but like, uh <laughs> You know, I, I felt good. Like I was rested. I was healthy at the time. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go and, uh, you know, seize this moment. And like, for me, I went out there and I was just like, I'm going to put everything on that and, you know, try to help my team out. That's the best way I can do it. And, you know, I, everything I touched just seemed to have an eye. <laughs> it was, it was pretty crazy. I know I tipped one. I think I was out in the slot at one point and it just, I tipped it from the slot and it went in and I was like, darn, everything's going in for me, you know, like, and it just kept going right until the end. It was, it was pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Uh, I know I had a lot of, a lot of people came down. My uncle Dave was down, uh, my dad, and I think had another couple uncles down and it was like, uh, it was pretty wild uh, for them to be there and to be able to, you know, celebrate that with me. 
How'd you guys do in the Memorial Cup? Uh, we ended up uh, losing in the semifinals. Uh, Ottawa had a, we beat them in the second round. So they had a month to uh, <laughs> rest and recuperate and they, they ended up winning the whole thing. But uh, I, I actually only played a game and a period. So I was, I got, uh, I got need and I, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. So I was, I was out for, and then, uh, our leading scorer, he had 52 points in the playoffs. He ended up out with a concussion as well. So, you know, and then we had one of our top right wingers as well. Another guy was out. Uh, he missed the last series, I want to say, of the playoffs. So we had three of us that were the, like, he had, I think he had 40 goals that year. I had 35 or 30. And the other guy had 52 points in the playoffs and we were all out. So it was, it's kind of tough. They, they battled, but, uh, you know, we weren't able to, come away with a win there do you remember uh a fellow f- who played for calgary hitman brent dodging horse i do i remember his name barely fit on a jersey <laughs> we had him on the show and he uh he mentioned your name that you were uh you you were a really good player but yeah, yeah I, he, I totally forgot that you that you got injured yeah well brent was he was a he was a big dude man he was like <laughs> wide i was like he, he'd run some people over it was it's pretty fun watching him play and getting to see uh it's always fun to get to see other native people when you're playing uh you know it just shows that you know other people are kind of in the same battle as you yeah uh you were drafted by the san jose sharks uh you had a lot of family and friends we got drafted in buffalo how was it getting your name called that day uh for me, it was pretty surreal. I mean, it's something you, you expect because you go to the draft, but uh, you never really are prepared for your name to be called, I don't think. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, for me, I remember I had, we had, I think, a couple busloads that came down from Moose Factory. We had over 120 people, I think, at the draft. It was it was pretty wild. Uh, got loud when I got picked. I know uh, they had to kind of stop the draft for a little bit until everybody settled down. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it, it was it was uh, pretty surreal. It was uh, it's almost like you're floating on air. You you kind of there, but it's almost an out of body experience when you get drafted. I was just concentrating on one step at a time, trying not to <laughs> stairs. <laughs> But, uh, you know, when San Jose called me, it was, it was great. Um, you know, I was so happy that everything had worked out, uh, to that point. Um, you know, I thank my parents cause you know, without them, I wouldn't have been there. Their support, my brother and sister, all my aunts and uncles, everybody would come down and see me play in different spots. They'd come all the way to Kitchener to watch me play. And it's a, it's a long trek because from Moose Factory, most people can't fly out. It's too expensive. So <laughs> yeah. you take that six hour train or whatever it is, five and a half hours and, you know, drive another eight hours to come down and see me just to come down and see me, which was, uh, you know, it's, it's a big boost, even if they just take you for dinner and, you know, they're able to hang out for a little bit. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're away from home, those little things uh, definitely um, help out and they're they're a morale boost for you keep you going you know to know that people are there looking out for you and you know getting picked it kind of felt like it was for all of them too you know so yeah uh, you know for me it was it was, it was having my dream come true so it was uh you know one of those moments i'll always remember did you talk to any uh other teams other than the sharks before the draft day and did you did you think you were going to get drafted to another team 
Uh, I talked to quite a few teams. There were rumors that I was going to go to Detroit at one point in the first round. There, I, I slipped to the second round. I was the first pick in the second round. But I talked to I talked to Colorado. I talked to uh, New Jersey. Uh, a lot of the teams that were picking in kind of the twenties, and uh, and obviously Colorado had four picks that year. So, you know, they they were talking to everybody. I think <laughs> trying to <laughs> figure out what they were going to do. But uh, you know, I. I had a meeting with the sharks, but it was with 400 other people. Yeah. It was almost like a little mini combine, you know? So it was <laughs> like, it wasn't really a meeting. I had no idea. Like the scouts were kind of standoffish. They were kind of like, tried to trap you a little bit as soon as they asked. And like, so I, I, th- I didn't never thought I would have been going there to be honest with you. Like it was like, it wasn't something where they came and had a one-on-one meeting with me or anything. I sat in a room during our meeting with the scouts and the, and the GM at the time with 10 other players. And that's how the yeah. meeting was conducted You know, like <laughs> around the room. You're in there with 10 other players and they're asking you like all these personal questions. And it's, it's, it's kind of daunting when they, when you're sitting in there with all those other people, you know, like, but, yeah. uh, you know, as long as you're truthful and you stick by what you say, I think they respect that. Yeah. Um, after Belleville, you spent a, what, two seasons, one with, Kentucky and Cleveland were who were who are who were uh, AHL affiliates for the Sharks. How was it adjusting to the pro game? Uh, it, to be honest with you, it took it took a little while. Um, you know, I went from playing against uh, seventeen to twenty year olds to playing against grown men. Some were th- in their prime, right? I mean, like your prime is twenty eight to thirty two ish. And like, I mean, some guys longer, but like that was where you were playing against actual men. And it took a little bit of adjustment, uh, just physicality wise, I think, Um, you know, I was younger. I knew I had to, I kind of get into better shape, I guess. I I realized as I was playing my first year, but you know, about the halfway point, like around December, I started to kind of find a groove and figure everything out. And uh, you know, it, it, it took those first three months plus you're living on your own like I lived with a billet family up until then so like everybody cooked for me like I did my did my laundry uh so like for me I was like and now I had to learn to do all this stuff I had to go shopping for groceries so I'm not eating McDonald's every day or something you know like so uh you know you learn quickly to kind of I guess become an adult uh you know like i think i think some of the college kids that come out they're more prepared because they've been living on their own for four years and uh you know when when i came out i'd come from a family to all of a sudden i'm by myself and how do i you know plus you have all this time because you only practice in the mornings and then you have all evening so like how am i gonna fill that you know like and so like uh you know you learn a grocery shop and you know just do adult things, I guess. And, uh, you know, pay bills. Uh, that's another <laughs> one. Like you, you got electricity bills. Now you got all these other different, uh, things that add up and you're trying to negotiate that and, uh, budget out your money so that you, you don't run out by the end of it and you have some for the summer. So, uh, you know, for, for me, it was all, all a learning experience, but like the hockey wise, I think it started to come around around December. I think I had four goals up until that point. And then I kind of turned it around and, uh, you know, I ended up with 30 goals that year or 32 goals, something like that. So, uh, you know, like took a while to adjust, but, uh, eventually I got there. San Jose sharks. Um, how was, how was it playing for the sharks? 
Oh, it was a, it was magical. I mean, it was a dream. Like that's another one that I'll remember forever. Like my first shift, I got the lineup next to Brett Hall. So I was like, I was like, should I really be on the ice with this guy? You know, like watched him. He's got like 600 plus goals at the time or something. And I was just like, maybe even more. I think I ended up that year. I was there for, it may have been his 800th goal. He scored against <laughs> us. So, uh, you know, it, it's something where I kind of realized like all my dreams were came true, you know, like it was yeah. like, it, it had finally happened and I'd, actually made it because getting drafted is just one step right it's just you're you got your foot in the door now kind of people notice you and then you gotta earn it you gotta put in work and you gotta really go after it if that's what you want and uh you know for me that's what i'd always wanted i'd had a one-track mind since i was a kid i used to run i used to see all my friends out at six in the morning still from the night before but i was running you know i was up that was me getting up to go for a, a run around the island you know so it's like uh, they they'd cheer me on mock cheer me on kind of <laughs> as i ran by but uh you know it, it, it's something i was i was focused on uh since i was probably about 12 years old when i started actually like training to try to get better yeah uh, i'd run every day um and skate as much as i could and then you know, getting to San Jose like that was, uh, it was pretty awesome. I know my dad was there for the first game and, uh, I think, uh, Norm Wesley was the chief at the time. So he was there, uh, <laughs> and my dad was running around collecting all these like souvenir cups so he could take <laughs> them home and give them to everybody. But he was, uh, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, it's something I'll, I'll always remember. And it's one of those, you get, the few things in life where you always will go back to that and be like, wow, remember that feeling, you know? Uh, you mentioned about going jogging in the morning and uh, your buddies uh, teasing you. Actually, I still remember I we did that once. I was just getting, uh, I'd go up there, live at, uh, stay at my grandparents and you were jogging by. And I think I, it was around seven in the morning. I was just getting home to my grandparents yeah. and, and I called you over. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I, so I was one of those. <laughs> uh, you won the Rocket Richard, which is the most goals in the league. Uh, it was such a magical season for you. Uh, talk about that that magical season. Well, it started out kind of slow. Like I think I, I I'm not slow, but like for me, I was on par for my probably to improve on what I did the year before. Like the year before, I had 28 goals. And I had seven and it was just through October. So, I mean, it's not like it was almost, almost November, I guess, halfway through November. And, and then we, uh, you know, I was playing, but I was still playing on like on a third line, a checking line, you know, like I wasn't on one of the top two lines, you know? <laughs> so it's like seven goals, pretty good. I think for playing on a checking line, like month and a half into the season, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, it is what it is. I, I got some a little more power play time after I scored the 28. So I was able to, you know, try to take advantage of that. I kind of stood in front of the net and let Patrick Marlowe work it around and pick up all the scraps in front. But, uh, you know, he, uh, we traded for Joe, I think uh, it was near the end of November. And, uh, you know, it was something where um, I, I I had no idea I was going to play with him at all, you know, like because uh, like I'd. <laughs> I was on a third line. Like, I was like, I'm not going to play on a first line, you know, like, and then 
uh, first game coach came to me and he's like, all right, here's your chance. He's like, you can score. I know you can score. So he's like, this guy can pass. He's like, you know, just be ready. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm always ready. You know, like I love to shoot. Like I spent all those hours outside of my house shooting pucks just mm -hmm. to, you know, try to perfect my shot when I was a kid. And, you know, I'm sure I kept the neighbors up just from hitting the board so much, but uh, you know, they were pretty, uh, pretty behind me for the most part, you know, and obviously when they had kids, they were probably like, shut up in there, you know, but uh, you know, it's one of those things I see them. I, I seen them after and they're super proud of what I, what I did. And they, they seen all the work and heard all the work that I put in, I guess. Uh, but no, getting to play with him, uh, you know, he's a pure passer. I mean, it's, it's unreal. He got 90 assists back to back. I think he was the first one since Gretzky and, Lemieux or maybe they're the only three to ever do that and uh you know it, getting to play with a guy that's that smart and just knows how to get you open a little bit too you know like yeah I can get open but then him knowing like when I'm going to be open and just laying the puck there for me made things a whole lot easier then I could just it was like being up on a tee and I just got the tee off uh I think I ended up with the most shots I've ever had in my career that year. Uh, and, you know, things, things started to find their way in. And, um, you know, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, I think my last one was a empty net goal with like one second left on the clock. It just <laughs> puck found me and I shot it all the way down the ice and it went in and it was just like meant to be almost, it was, it was pretty cool. And getting to see the guys I beat like Yager, I think was, two behind me Heatley I think uh Kovalchuk was there maybe Ovechkin I think that was his first year he got 50 and um you know getting to beat guys like that I think it's it's something I was really proud of um after the Sharks you uh went to Ottawa then you played a couple years in the AHL like how was it to uh the playing AHL after having success and playing in the NHL, like, was it, was it hard on you mentally? Uh, definitely. Um, uh, when I first went down, it was, it was tough. I mean, you know, I, I played and, and I played really well. And then, uh, you know, I got traded to Ottawa. I don't think I really got a fair shake there. The, the coach kind of had his guys that he wanted to play and that kind of played with him in the minors and he came up through, through their system. So, you know, they were kind of given a little more chance, a little more leeway than I was, I think. And, uh, you know, I ended up getting put on a fourth line and, you know, just also I didn't contribute, you know, like uh, I wasn't scoring when I had my chances. So like that kind of wore on me more than anything, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely a mental battle. And then, uh, you know, going down, I found some success, you know, like I, you know, I started scoring and I started, you know, kind of getting back into the groove down there and I was really enjoying it. And then the year after, I think I went to uh, where was Dallas's camp, and you know, I got cut. The guy said, you know, like he's like you probably couldn't make our team, but he's like we want to go with our younger guys, you know, like because they had some younger guys going up and they wanted to have spots for them. So, you know, that was really frustrating at the time. It was just something where I thought I could have did more, you know, like I had a couple chances. I probably could have if I would have buried those. Maybe it would have been a different story, you know, but. Uh, you know, uh, I went down to uh, Worcester after that. My old coach uh, from the from the early days uh, was <laughs> coaching there now. That was the Sharks affiliate at the time. And, you know, I went down there, put in a lot of work. I worked after. I worked on my foot speed. I think that was one of the things that had caused me to kind of 
lose a step um just by i had uh, the hernia surgeries and they put the mesh in there and i still feel it to this day like i still feel it I, like it gets really tight there so i think there's something when they put those in uh now they just do a little like snip and it's healed in a yeah. month you know? like but back then that's the way they fixed them and you know i think it it hurt me a little bit but uh you know at the end of the day i was down there and i learned to kind of you know uh just enjoy the game, I guess, you know, like I was like, uh, frustrated, but then over the course of the year, I realized, you know what, I get to play hockey for a living, you know, like this is pretty <laughs> awesome. Like not a lot of people get to do that. And for me, like I went down there and I put in as much work as I could, I'd stay after practice. Like I always have. And, you know, I never changed. Uh, you know, that was one of the things I think that, you know, was, I was, why I was able to sustain such a long career playing those extra two years there, then going playing four more in the KHL was just because I, I, I love the game and I love to work at it. Um, you know, I've tried to put in more work than everybody else. And if I did that, I know like I'm going to be successful. You mentioned the KHL, how was your time playing, playing in Russia and like, uh, the other countries that you played in? Oh, it was pretty, uh, it was a new experience. Um, you know, it's something where you go there and you, you kind of realize how it is for them when they come over, because you're the guy now that doesn't speak Russian or <laughs> Croatian or, you know, whatever else it is. And they, and they, they, they're I like hockey guys are really cool. Like they, for the most part, every one of them was like really good at trying to accommodate you with English if, if you tried to accommodate them with a little bit of Russian or a little okay. bit of Croatian, you know? So like, if you could learn a little bit, like learn how to say good morning and they knew how to speak English. So it's like, you know, they would speak English to you if you, if you could, you know, kind of show you were trying a little bit as well. So, uh, you know, for me going over there, it was, it was a new experience. I got to travel a lot. I think I hit like 38 different countries while we were over there. Uh, Cause you get a lot of breaks. Like uh, uh, the national team has a lot of uh, tournaments they go to. So you get like a week here in the middle of the season week there. And the coaches are really good. They usually let you have like, four days off where you can go travel and then come back and practice for the last three. So uh, for us, we got to see a lot of the world while we were over there and really cool. And then playing in the KHL itself is pretty, uh, you know, the hockey's really good. I think, uh, you know, that, that's one of the things I think outside of the NHL, maybe that in Sweden, probably two of the better leagues to play in when I was there. I don't know how they stack up now, but like when I was there, like playing against seeing all the other leagues, I thought those were probably two of the better, more NHL like leagues, I guess. Like some of the other leagues are pretty skilled too, but they more so uh, play different styles than the NHL does. So, um, you know, going over there hockey wise, it, I was able to fit in and, uh, you know, it wasn't too big of adjustment. The only adjustment is, is the ice surfaces are a little bigger, <laughs> but that gives you more time to make a play, you know, like yeah. it's, it's not as bang, bang as the NHL where there's somebody right in your face every time you're touching the puck, you know, like you have to, you still have to make skill plays in the KHL. Like that's one of the things you have to know how to use that extra ice, but like, uh, so it's a little, little different in that regard, but, uh, you know, the food was a little different getting, uh, getting used to all that stuff. Uh, you know, the, the learn to love borscht soup. It was good. Uh, you know, even my son loved it. He, uh, he, he enjoyed having that stuff. So, uh, 
you know, we, we adjusted pretty well. Uh, some of the travel was pretty crazy. We were going across like nine time zones at some point. <laughs> so you don't see that over here. Uh, you know, I went to China, got to play in China. I uh, got to go to the Great Wall and walk on that. It was kind of really cool. Something, uh, you know, most people don't get to do. It's hard to get into China. So uh, <laughs> if for us, um, you know, doing that and uh, just seeing the different cultures too, you know, like there's a few that are very similar to ours you know like and it's, it's kind of kind of decent uh you know like it'll, i had one lady come up and give me a book on like all their uh their heritage and stuff and she's like yeah she's like i think you're relatives of us you know like <laughs> it, like you have a lot of the same things you know like uh, they have the like the bannock the fried bread but they don't call it bannock they call it something else you know like and they, they have like a bunch of different things that are very similar to you know, the, the stuff that I grew up with. Yeah. Uh, best player you played with and against. Uh, best player I played with, uh, Joe Thornton. Yeah. Um, he's just so good at finding lanes to get you the puck. I mean, it's crazy. The guy barely shoots, but, and people know he's passing, but he can still yeah. thread it through a needle there. Um, Best guy I played against probably Mario Lemieux. I mean, yeah. I was, I was, I was on the checking line at that time. He got two goals. Uh, <laughs> they, they won five two. Uh, but he was, he, he's he's so, you know, he's the best player on the ice. Yeah, but you can't stop him. It's like he he's just gonna get his goals if you can like hang on to him and hold him to like two or one point. Like you're like happy kind of. You know, he was like that good. Like you wouldn't even notice him. Then all of a sudden he'd have the puck and be on a breakaway or something, you know. And it's like, how did that happen? You know. But so I mean, his, having him play like that. I mean, Mark Messier was another guy I got to play against. He was kind of older at the time, but. <laughs> I kind of wanted to, I chased him into the corner one time. I thought he'd give me an elbow or something, but he, he didn't. Uh, little, uh, little NHL. It's been a, pretty much like a, f a family tradition for a lot of us here in Ontario. How big of an impact was it? Like your dad played a little NHL you did, and now your son is playing in a little NHL. Like how special is that tournament for a lot of families in Ontario? I think for us, it's, uh, you know, it's one of the things uh, the kids look forward to all year. Uh, I mean, even the families, uh, you get to connect with everybody there. Like when I go there, there's aunts, there's uncles. My wife came up. She's like, this is crazy. Like every stadium's <laughs> packed for every game. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like you got like not just your immediate family, but all the relatives come out to watch every game. You're almost at the rink the whole time. It's, it's crazy. Like the kids, we try to get them home, get them a little rest in between, you know, while, when yeah. they're playing, but like everybody else is just at the rink the whole time. If I go there, I know my grand, when I used to, my grandfather was alive, we used to go and he'd be sitting there the whole time, <laughs> you know? And it's like, did you leave yet? Did you eat? You know, like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, there's games going on everywhere, you know, like, and he's walking back and forth between different ones. We got different people. Everybody, uh, actually my, uh, uh, Nadine Carey, my cousin, she puts together a schedule of all the games for all the, all the, uh, for every nephew, niece, and everybody <laughs> that's there, you know, and it's, it's yeah. kind of cool because you get to, you get to have that schedule and you're like, okay, they're on this rink at this time and we go there. And, uh, <laughs> 
but growing up, I mean, that was something, you know, it was exciting to go do you competing and you get to see other native people that, uh, you know, love hockey just as much as you, you know, and you don't see that very often because like a lot of times, like when I left home, I was, there were hardly any native kids playing that I played against, you know, like there were a few, maybe for a few different teams like North Bay and stuff like that. But like, for the most part, like it was a non-native sport, you know, like when, when I played, so like me getting to play in that as a, as a kid, you get to see everybody else that, you know, is striving to kind of chase that dream. And, um, you know, you get, you get to compete against them. Those games are very competitive. (laughs) It gets loud and crazy sometimes, but you know, like it's, uh, it's one of the things I enjoyed growing up, being able to participate in that. I still enjoy it. Um, you know, like my dad won the first ever one. And then I won the 25th annual one. And then, you know, my son's playing now. So hopefully he can get a win here at some point. We're 0 for 2, 0 for 3. So, <laughs> far, so uh, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully he can get, get something going this year. And uh, maybe they'll have a good, good shot at it. Yeah, because this year will be the 50th anniversary. Like yep. how cool would be that for your family? Like your dad wanted, you want it, and now your son will win it. Yeah, th- I mean that would be that'd be amazing. But uh, <laughs> you know, tell him he's got to put in a lot of work if he wants to <laughs> go up there and do that. <laughs> uh, advice? What advice would you give young players, especially the ones who 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 uh, have to move? No, don't have to move, but want to move away to pursue their hockey career. I think. Uh, you know, my advice would be number one, if you make a decision, stick by it. Um, you know, you see a lot of kids that go change their minds, come back home, regret it at the end. Right. Yeah. So stick to it, have a goal, set goals for yourself. Like when I was uh, 14 with my dad, we sat down kind of in, um, and parents can, if they're listening to, can take uh, heed to this, you know, help your kids. It's, it's, it's it's setting goals is gives you something to look for something to go after write them down like i had a five-year plan basically of what i wanted to do so like when i sat down i said i wanted to make the triple a team in timmins and i wanted to you know be one of the top scorers and then i wrote down how am i going to do this you know like i'm going to have to work harder than my teammates you know i'm going to have to go in there and I'm going to have to show them that I deserve to be on this team. And then I, my dad's like, okay, I say you do, do do this. And this does come true. What do you want to do the following year? And I said, well, I wanted to move up and play midget AAA. And as a, a year younger player. So as a Bantam age player, I wanted to go play midget AAA. And he said, okay. And then we did another, how are you going to do this type thing? <laughs> so like, you know, like I said, during the summer, I'm going to have to put in even more work, you know, like I'm going to have to shoot, X amount of pucks a day. I'm going to have to run every day. I'm going to have to do, start working out, doing push-ups, sit-ups, all this stuff. And then and he's like, okay, say that works out. Like, what do you want to do? And I said, I wanted to play like tier two junior or, you know, like that's what I said at the time. Cause that's all I knew, you know, like we had like, yeah. I never knew they had junior B leagues and all this stuff. And I ended up playing junior B, which is comparable to like the tier two leagues that were yeah. around. So, um, you know, for me, like, that's where I said I wanted to be. And that's where I got. And then like the year after that, my dad said, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to get drafted and play in the OHL. And then the year after that, I said, I wanted to, you know, uh, 
get drafted to San Jose and play in San or not San Jose, but get drafted to the NHL as well. You know, like, and that was my five-year plan. Like that, that was me at 14 coming up with what I saw my future as what I wanted my future to be. And I had goals written down and I could go look at those goals at any time. So for me, I would give advice. That would be my advice. Make goals, work hard for them. Nothing comes easy. Nothing comes easy. I got cut from San Jose five, four times. I made it on the fifth time. You're going to get cut. Things happen. You know what I mean? Like I tell yeah. everybody, even, even I coach now, I tell my kids like, you know, you may not make my team next year. You know, like you have to put in the work. Like that's one of the things that no one can take away from you. You can always put in the work. You got to stay focused. You got to stay focused on your schooling. That was another big thing. My mom made me focus on my schooling. She's like, there's only 700 people that in a year that play in the NHL. So like to be those 700, yeah, it's great. And you have to work for it, but like sometimes it doesn't work out and having a good schooling and good education is going to help you in the long run. And it even helps you in everyday life. Uh, you learn how to become an adult by doing that. And uh, you know, that's one of the things I took pride in. I always got great marks in school. Um, you know, I was, I think I was, I was not as good in math. So like that one was a struggle for me. I really had to work at it. I passed all my classes, but that one I was probably a B student in, uh, but like, uh, you know, everything else like English history, I was geology or geography. I was always at A's or A pluses, you know, like that was something I really took pride in as a kid too. So uh, because I never knew it, like, I may have gone to college. Like I had college teams come talk to me when I was playing junior B, you know? So like, that was a, an, a very good option for me as well. Like Michigan was one of the top teams at the time. I know they, they put out a feeler and like, there were a bunch of different teams. So it was, you know, definitely an option and it's good to keep your options open. So like, don't concentrate. You can't concentrate solely on hockey. Cause like sometimes <laughs> it may not work out, you know, like uh, schooling's a good fallback option. Uh, before we uh, let you go, we always uh, finish our interviews, what we call five rapidness questions. You ready? All right. Uh, question number one, baked or fried bannock? Fried. Really? A lot mm -hmm. of people say fried. I'm Not too many people like baked bannock. I don't mind baked bannock. It's just drier, I think. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, question number two, ever use a bed sheet for a door or curtain? Yes, when we were younger. <laughs> uh, this is a music question coming up. Number Question number three, ever see Ernest Munias live in concert? I have not seen him live in concert. <laughs> I've heard him. I haven't seen him. Uh, question number four, uh, Indian taco or Bannock burger? Indian taco. California, I got to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Fifth and last question, can you jig? I cannot. I'm a terrible dancer. <laughs> My grandmother would dance circles around me. <laughs> All right, John, uh, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate taking the time out of your uh, schedule to come join us, uh, talk some hockey. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was great to be here. All right, well, uh, talk to you again and uh, take care. All right. Sounds good, Trevor. Thanks. See ya. Bye. <clears throat> Hi. There it is. There it is. Uh, yeah. I sent Bush a number of videos of Borat on TikTok. Yeah.
Did you learn he, any he of did. them? I'm still learning. I have to get that dialect and the connect. It's, it's coming. It's coming. I'm gonna wait for maybe when I get back from my trip. I'll uh, I'll be very practicing. nice. Very, yeah. very nice. <laughs> I high five. High five. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, welcome back from our interview that we had with John. Um, mm-hmm. Very good interview. Bushes are green, but he, he hasn't heard the interview yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, great guys. Like, I mean, you really have to put in the work and sacrifice a lot of things if you want to play junior hockey, if you want to play college hockey, pro mm-hmm. hockey, and... And he's right on everything. I mean, while his friends were out partying and drinking, he was running around, jogging around the island. Um, uh, for those who don't know, Moose Factory is on an island. So when I say he was jogging around the island, yeah, we're we're uh, on an island. So like, uh, and the funny thing is, like, in the interview, we laughed because he was jogging around. I, I remember this like perfect. He was, um, like I mentioned in the interview, like I when I would go up for the summer, part of my summer, I would stay at my grandparents' house, and you could see my grandparents' house to his house where his parents used to live, and he used to jog by my uh, grandparents' house, and I was getting home from from partying one night. <laughs> it must have been around seven in the morning. He was jogging by. <laughs> so. <laughs> And just to show you, I was doing, I was being bad. I was being alimist. And while he was jogging and really focused, I was out partying. I was not doing what he was doing. So it just shows you that uh, you really have to be 100% committed. You just, I wasn't committed. I think I only worked out maybe like one year one summer for hockey that was it like during the and during the winter i didn't work out during the season like because i was playing hockey for the wrong reasons i wasn't playing hockey to make the nhl like john was i was just playing hockey just to for the wrong reasons for the for the girls and for the parties i was trying to live like a rock star but that's the only reason i i can admit it that that i played is just Trying to live the rock star life, go to tournaments. I was already at that age when I was a teenager. I was already looking forward to playing tournaments and playing a lot of niche hockey. And I wasn't thinking about trying to make it to the next level. I was just already wanting to wanting to go to the bars and it's mm-hmm. I, so it's uh like I said, I was playing hockey at playing junior hockey for the wrong reasons and I wasn't committed like John was and so yeah, yeah. young guys if you want to be make it to where John is you if you want to make it to the show you really have to be committed and work work at it and make a lot of sacrifices because it's you're going to have to give up pretty much your whole social life and a lot of things to to play that high level of hockey so yeah there's a there's a saying in the ni- early 90s I was reading about it in hockey news when you make it the junior, you, you have you have high school, you have the social life, and you have hockey. 
pick two of them. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah. I remember when I think my grade 12 year when I went back to my high school in Thunder Bay because the season was done and I was voted like the biggest party animal <laughs> in my yearbook. And I didn't even go to the school most of the school years. Yeah. It's just I was I was I was doing it wrong. And and I'm like yeah, it does suck now when you think about it, but I'm okay with it. Like it is what it is and a lot of it's a lot of guys our age, they still don't accept that they never made it far, right? They still yeah. they still think Oh, I should have did this. I should have did that. A lot of regret, and it's just. But I'm okay with it. I accepted, accepted the, what happened, and I have no regret because I met a lot of good people along my trail and along my journey. So it is what it is, and I'm okay with it. And, but that's why I, I wanted to start this show. It's for a lot of the youth to listen to what it takes to get to that level. Yeah. And, listen to me that it's not that it's not it like the partying and the girl it and the girls and stuff like that it's there's more to life than that and more more to, to your hockey career than just drinking and going to parties and stuff like that so i if i can make if we can make a difference to yeah. a couple couple young hockey players and that like we did our job and we're it's just helping the next generations not not to make the mistakes I made, and <laughs> that's why we have a lot of these good uh, good guests to, to tell them, and a lot of these guests, like young young guys, young girls, if you need if if you need advice, a lot of these players will reach out if you yep. message them on social media, like Colton, Wacey, yeah. they all they all said if you guys need need advice, shoot us a message, and I'm sure. It's, same goes with like Sydney Daniels and Kelly mm-hmm. Babstock and like uh, Jocelyn the Rock. Like, sh- don't be, don't be shy. Go out and message these uh, these players. So they're they're the help. So, yeah. Um, red hockey. This uh, red hockey top five uh, for this week is top five moments. Uh, Bush and we I each made we, a list. Top five kinda, moments within the top hundred episodes. Yeah, we kind of scratched the surface earlier, but good to scratch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like I, okay, like I said, number one, I talking to Zach Wyckoff. That's probably are we, number one. Are we, are we going? To, oh, are we counting down five to one? No, um, probably. I'm just gonna say. One okay, of them. We'll, we'll just say five. Yeah. This is no order. No order. Okay. It's not quite cloud. That was big. Was uh, one of mine is picking the music. I remember when I was going to start this show, yeah. I sat down and I Googled the crap out of everything, how to pick music and what kind of music. And it took me a long time to pick the music, the opening theme and the closing theme. Like, do I, I was thinking, should I, have the same same uh, opening music and closing, or should I have two different uh, two different songs? But yeah, that was that was one of my favorites. It's just picking the music, and I really do like the music, the rock music. And FYI, I did try to 
I did listen to techno to see if it it will kind of go with our show, but I I wasn't feeling it though. I I got the the rock. All right. Okay. Learning new languages, aka learning how to pronounce players' names and towns that they're in. <laughs> that's what. That's my next one. Is like right? the different cultures, like uh, yeah. Willie Willie out in BC and our bro Mickey up in Northwest Territories and yeah. Inuvik. Like he, he was telling us like how they go hunting and how they make their caribou jerky. And with Willie, he was like with fishing and stuff like that. It's just. Like Wacy would tell us how to talk in his language and just learning the different languages of the our guests and it's really cool to learn and like with with Colton, like his family yeah run run a, a ranch. So it was cool that how he works in the off season at that ranch that his dad is a manager at. So it, it's really cool to to hear these different stories and how they all work. Um, with within their culture and so yeah that's that was uh one of mine too yeah you're up uh another one is uh traveling attorneys uh we were fortunate to travel to a couple attorneys last year um i went to one in timmins and we went to freddie and yeah uh i went to portage and brandon so we were get to travel and play some hockey while we would meet some some new uh some mm-hmm. new friends so that's it's uh it's always fun to travel and meet new people so yeah that's one on my list is just uh traveling to tournaments and getting to meet a lot of new people yeah that's uh the freddy that was a really big one to meet people like, that was nice that was cool yeah it was uh nice to pick a jersey and eat a hot dog in front of you as you can see my background <laughs> yeah. picture yeah. <laughs> uh i'm being selfish but Talking to a fellow Bemidji State alumni for me. It's a little familiarity talking about uh, the different restaurants, like campus life. It's just brought back a lot of memories for me. Yeah, that was cool to hear. Just, uh, I think we got to go back there one of these times, maybe. Yeah. Just to uh, experience and mm-hmm. see if it's still uh, try to live, try to go out like you're in your 20s again. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll be going home. I'll be yawning and going home when people are starting to fill the bar. By 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, by 10 o'clock, <laughs> if I'm lucky. Yeah, because uh, we can watch uh, Maya play. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be fun to go to Bimiji go check yeah. check out your old stomping ground. Mm-hmm. Hey, that kid looks like Bush. That's <laughs> <laughs> waiting hey, for that. How old are you? <laughs> are you 21 years old? <laughs> Uh, another one is we mentioned this earlier is just meeting the guests um yeah like at the freddy we met so many so many players that were part of our show and it's really cool and, and just the way we meet them like 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 as if we've known them for years and years yeah. and uh and now a, a lot of these guys we call bros and Mm-hmm. We consider them really good friends. So yeah, that's uh that was that's one of my off my list. Yeah, I think on that note, when we the first year I mean when we went to the Freddy and it while they were waiting for the game, Colton, Wacy, and Judd all sat with us, like shooting the breeze. 
Yeah. It was, I was really, I was really cool sitting with them, waiting for them, just waiting for the game to start, just talking to them, as you said, like bros and just, just and that, talking about it. Was, it was really neat. I really, really enjoyed that part. And Ashley came to sit with us too. And it was like, gosh, our, uh, our cred, our street cred just rose like a hundred. <laughs> just rose up. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't she offer me her, uh, McDonald's? Oh yeah, she had she had like extra like cheeseburgers or something like that, right? Yeah, and you just munched it. That's <laughs> because she offered. I was like, okay, I'm hungry. I'll take it. Okay. Uh, and my last one I have is uh, during the show. It's uh, I think we <laughs> really took a big step with being the only Indigenous hockey show around and just i think it, it's cool i mean we took a really big step we took we took a big chance because we weren't sure how the show was going to how like how long it was going to run we weren't sure mm-hmm. we we're going to get guests or listeners but it took off and we're doing really good and so that's probably a big a big one for me just starting the show and just really how it developed and where it is now that's kind of mine. Mine was Trev asking me to co-host the show. Yeah, I was just because I remember I asked one guy, and he never answered. So I was like, okay, who do I ask next? And I was like, yeah. oh, Bush. <laughs> and like I knew you were. It, it was hard at first to kind of work around your twelve out twelve hour yeah uh, work schedule, but we we made it work. But now yep. you only work two hours a day, so now we're able, and you get evening off, so we're able to get <laughs> two hours a day. Make, that's that's, we're that's able to giving me work. credit. <laughs> <laughs> you're including my lunch hour <laughs> and, and, your, and your coffee break. <laughs> my coffee breaks. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, how can I say this uh, without? But yeah, it, it's just I'm really glad that. You decided to uh, to come on the show and help me out, and it's really fun, and it's uh, it's been a blast, and I'm very humbled. I am because uh, every time someone messages us on social media, like our yeah. Facebook or Instagram, I always Twitter, I always make sure to answer, reply right away because it's just we're not we're not snobs. We're just really humbled, humbled. Mm-hmm. Humble guys who just took a took a chance on an opportunity and we're still riding with it. So, um, if you ever have, if anyone ever has a question or wants us to promote a tournament or something, uh, shoot us a message yeah. and we're more than happy to respond and help, try to help you out because you guys are helping us out by listening, mm-hmm. just uh, messaging us on social media. So, we're always willing to give back no matter what and. No, uh, so yes, just shoot us a message. So, um, Carrie, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, um, Carrie Terrence, I'm gonna smudge all my whole everything else. I want, I really want to see you play in Sweden, Carrie, uh, and the invite, invite tees, or invite tees, invite tees. Uh, the other guys that just got in, in, uh, invited in- for TV yeah. USA, they will. Uh, they'll their be their camp, their camp is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So 
let's all uh, lay down some tobacco and say a yep. prayer for Kerry for him to play for Team USA because it. Yeah. I think. I think they're gonna win it no matter who they pick. But I, yeah, we're we're rooting for you, Kerry, and we really hope you uh, mm-hmm. make that make that team. So I think that, yeah. Well, do you remember twenty like years ago, like when when USA won, people thought it was just a blip. Yeah, but I was. T- Talking to guys in Bemidji State when I was there, and they said that the Hockey USA development camp, they took Canada's model and they made it their own. And they said they were going to play the long game. Said, you watch, Danny, you watch in 10, 15 years. There's, USA is going to be one of the powerhouses instead of just Canada or Russia. And I, I, of course, I said, of course, I spat out my beer and I, you know, you're, you don't know what you're talking about. Sure enough, like, you know, they're, they're at their parody and they're better than a lot of. They're better. They they're world junior champions for a reason. Yeah, like when I would when I was playing junior in the U.S., it wasn't as good. Uh. Uh-uh. In today's game, there's there's no way I'd be playing <sighs> junior hockey. Like it's so fast down there. Like those kids, they're so creative. Like yeah. like uh, Tage Thompson, that Trevor Zegers off of uh, Anaheim. Anaheim. Like those kids, like those Robertson brothers. Like there's so many. They're so Good, like those shoes brothers too. Like, yeah, <clears throat> what the hell are they doing yeah. down in the U.S.? I know. Like, was when? Sorry, when, I gotta interrupt you. But when when I when I watched them play in Montreal in two thousand and seventeen, USA was down twice. They were down two nothing, and they were down four two, and they won in overtime or they won a shootout. But the grit that they had, they just did not quit. They backed down Canada. Or they stood up to all of Canada and all the fans, and they said, "You know what? We're here to win this thing, and we're gonna we're gonna steal it from you." And yeah. they just did. They out they out grinded, out passed, out hustled, out everything. They out hockeyed us. Yeah, so it should be interesting at this World Juniors, where uh, Res Hockey will be at the World Juniors. Uh, Bush yeah. is going; he's representing Res Hockey. Yeah, um, so. If you see a guy like uh, eating his ice cream sundae, <laughs> like uh, George Costanza, <laughs> yeah, that's our bush. <laughs> Just eating a hot dog with mustard and dripping <laughs> all in your face. <laughs> Just in your beard. <laughs> oh man! Uh-huh. Just wearing a red hockey hat. Like what's this red yeah. hockey about? <laughs> But uh, yeah, <laughs> it should be a fun time. Yeah. Well, Bush is in Sweden. I'll be in Mexico. So yeah, you'll be on the beach, and I'll be in the winter. Maybe I'll have to download that TSN app and purchase that TSN and watch the World Junior game. No. I'll let you know if I if I make TSN, and then you can. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you should jump on the ice. Oh, I could be that fan. Well. You know when they open the the gates to shovel like on a TV timeout? Oh yeah. Just jump when the doors open, just jump and start running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't be like that guy in Calgary and oh yeah. Jump over the boards naked and knock himself out and get <laughs> on the ice naked. Uh this past weekend, this past weekend I was in Toronto, the big smoke, Toronto TO. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs had a coach's open house 
um, and I participated in that. It's uh, Sheldon Keith spoke, Brandon Shanahan, and the Jim Trefling, Trefliving or whatever his last name is, the GM for the Leafs. Uh, mm-hmm. We were able to watch the, the Leafs practice in Nashville practice, and they and a lot and some of the coaches put on like practice drills and showed us how to do this and that, and it was very cool. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs practice was pretty good actually. I was really impressed. Like they went hard for a morning skate, <laughs> and yeah. they played that night. Same with Nashville, they they went hard, and they had different drills, but it was, it was really cool. Like man, those guys are good. Like. They make it look so easy. So I was like, damn. <laughs> but uh, one player that I was really impressed with is that Yossi off Nashville. Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi? Makes yeah. it look so easy. Like, geez, man. Just smooth. And, mm-hmm. like, the guy doesn't make a mistake. No. But it was uh, at least one for nothing. It was a big, big win for the blue and white. Uh, I went to the game by myself. That's the first <laughs> time I went to the game by myself, and I didn't mind it. It was actually pretty fun. I just sat in my seat the whole time. <laughs> so, and uh, the section I was sitting in, I was five or six rows behind the net, and like a waiter came up to me and asked me what I wanted. So I just ordered food sitting down, and I didn't have to leave my seat. <laughs> so it was perfect. And the cool thing was, like, it, I didn't have to break the bank that much. The ticket was one ninety seven. That's not bad. They were called like selfie seats where like there's only one seat left in a row where you can't they don't can't really sell it to like a like if a group of people would want to go. So yeah, that's how I they call them selfie seats. So I managed to score a good good ticket for a good price. Because I was cool. looking because the lease will be in Winnipeg the end of January, and I was looking at prices. Oh no, ridiculous! It's horrible. Four hundred dollar plus. If you want to go, I know. Like, it's criminal. It's not even the resale tickets. It's just the regular seats yep. that the Winnipeg Jets are selling. Like, what do you, how can, like we mentioned this before on, on a show that how can a family, say a family of four, two parents and two kids afford a game? Yeah. That's like $1,600 just in tickets alone. Yeah. It's That's horrible. So, I was in Toronto too during that uh, that Japanese player that that supposedly signed with Otani. Did you see the stats on the, the the breakdown on his contract, like per day, per hour, per week? Isn't that crazy? It's just ridiculous. That's so when people get mad at a hockey player's salary, I said, you know what? Don't just don't. There's no parity. Seven hundred million in ten years, yeah, and that's American. So that's almost yeah. a billion dollars Canadian. I know that's a crazy that's like, stupid. That's probably like nine hundred million Canadians. Mm-hmm. What do you do with all that money? I know. Jeez, man, that's a lot of baloney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I I took Sue to her first game, first NHL game ever on Thursday. How does she Last like Thursday. it? She loved that. I I showed her who the best player in the world. Of course, she picked out. Uh, Darnell Nurse. Of course, she. <laughs> you know what? Funny true story. I was chirping Nurse so bad. I was just. I'm. I don't. I don't think he could hear me. 
but I was still chirping. I was saying, oh, yeah, nice pass. What? I was just blabbing away. Then I go, come on, you $9 million man. And that was just before he pinched. He got that pass, and then he had that Casey's type of wrist shot, and he tied the and he tied the game up. And the guy looks at me. Well, you did call him out. <laughs> just a little cheap wrist shot. It was. Like LT's wrist shot's harder than that. Yeah. Did you hear Bear might be going to Washington? I I didn't read that part. I just knew that he was he might go somewhere to the east. Yeah, I guess it's Washington. Like I don't understand. You get to pick where you pretty much where you want to go because a lot of teams are looking for a right-handed defenseman who could Yeah. Possibly play the power play. Like, why would you go to Washington? They're not even a playoff team. Well, I mean, like, is it because because of the playing time? Okay, would you rather go to a team that's not making the playoffs, but you get a lot of playing time, twenty plus minutes, or go to a cup contender, cup contender team, but play maybe 10, 15 minutes a game? Hmm. I'd be going. I'd be happy playing 15, 10, 15 minutes on a cup contending team where you have a yeah. chance to win the Stanley Cup. You got a point there. So I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Talk, like like at my age. I <laughs> 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 uh, like I noticed you didn't answer right away. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> because like Ethan Bear, like there's talks of like Toronto's in the talk too. To sign them, like, mm-hmm. why don't you go to Toronto? You have a chance to win a cup. Well, you are going to win the cup if you go to Toronto. So, but maybe his agent, maybe he's doing the finances and he doesn't get taxed as much. Yeah, true. What is it in Ontario? 13%. Something like that. Hmm. It's ridiculous. Or he could have signed in Florida and whether we, where there's no taxes. Is it like that in Nevada too, eh? No taxes? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, but yeah, go sign with Toronto Bear. Don't go to Washington. But it'd be cool to freaking give one, one-timer one passes out Ovechkin on the power play. Yeah. Because there's, like, Toronto's already stacked on the power play, so there's no way he's cracking that power oh. play in Toronto. So, more playing time, no chance of winning the cup, or... Less playing time and winning the cup. I'd rather go and win the cup. Yeah. So, yeah. Anything else before uh, we skedaddle? Uh, no. I didn't check my notes. I don't think. I don't think I have anything else. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thank nope. you for joining Bush thank and you. I for uh, episode one hundred for. Uh, this big episode, this special episode. Um, I just want to, I totally forgot to do this at the beginning of the show. Uh, Bush and I, we are recording our episode on the traditional land of the Anishinaabe. We are on Treaty 3 land. I just want to give a land acknowledgement. I totally forget to do it at the beginning of the mm-hmm. show. Toronto does that too. Toronto puts on a really good land acknowledgement at the Leafs game. Oh, cool. Of course, and of course, by myself, when they did that, I just raised my arm straight. <laughs> of course, he did. Damn right, but I recognize. But yeah, <laughs> they put on a good, good for the least for doing that. So yeah, it, it's just as good as the no, it's not as good as the Oilers because with the Oilers they have 
elders talking and yeah. doing doing the the video clip. So not as good as the Oilers, but it was right up there. So, nice. so uh, yeah, guys, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, hopefully, the next hundred episodes are going to be just as deadly. Just so as deadly. We have a lot of guests lined up and a lot of uh, former players and current players, and even some I don't some guests speakers who don't play hockey but they want yeah. to come on the show so it's gonna we have some musicians coming on some comedians some actors so um when that this specific actor comes on bush is gonna this is bush's chance to come go on a movie so he's gonna maybe put, <laughs> put bush on as a an extra so. is it rip is it rip <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that, uh, what was that one with uh, Tim McGraw, 18, 1883? 1883. 1883. Maybe you'll be a backup for there. Oh, yeah. Be I can one be, of the, one of I the can be the... getting shot and falling <laughs> That's my moment of glory. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, uh, so, thanks. <laughs> I'm just tongue-tied <laughs> So, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. We're very humbled that you guys are you guys supported us through the first hundred shows of the red hockey. So yeah, cheers. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Uh, yeah, next we week will. will be our last show before, before holidays. Christmas holidays, because like we said earlier, bushes and Sweden and I'm going to Mexico. So, but uh, we'll see you guys. Next the 19th. Week. Yeah, we yeah, will. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.